Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what needs to be said. It's your boy, Sante Samuel, back with another episode. And 70 points, and 70 points in one game. And that's a lot of touchdowns, and that's a lot of points being scored. But let's talk about it. Let's get into it. What an awful performance by the Denver Broncos defense against the Miami Dolphins, giving up 70 points. And that is the worst of it. The Miami Dolphins had the chance to score the most points in an NFL game in the history of the NFL, but chose not to. They chose to take a knee instead. They chose to take a knee instead of kicking the field goal, which would have given them 73 points instead of 70 points and would have made them the team that scored the most points in NFL history. And what is that all about? And that's just mutual respect between coaches, players. You know, it's a thing we have. It's a bond we have. It's, you know, we're not going to try to embarrass you more than you already embarrassed. So we understand it's your job and we got jobs. We got families and all that stuff to do. So we don't want to see the media putting out more reports and, and embarrassment on you. So we're going to take it easy and not kick the field goal. And that's what happened. But one thing you have to do as a player when you take the field is you have to take the field with a lot of pride, a lot of pride, dignity about yourself. You got to take that field and say, listen, I'm not going to be embarrassed out here. I'm going to compete to the to the very end, and I'm going to do my job at the highest level. But I can't say that was the case for the Denver Broncos defense against the Miami Dolphins. I didn't see a prideful team out there. I didn't see them uh, willing to do whatever it took to be successful against the Miami Dolphins. The things that I saw, what are the bad things that I saw on defense? I saw a lack of communication, a lot of breakdowns in defense where men and receivers are just open because everybody's not on the same page on the back end, right? So a lack of communication and people not being on the same team, same page, particularly the DBs. And I don't see a dominant force in the front seven, the front four, front five, front seven, whatever you want to call it. I don't see an a offensive lineman that you can just run the ball behind and dominate. I didn't see that. I don't see a defensive lineman that just stops the running, just destroy or, or be destructive in the, in the front seven. You know, I don't see that from, from the Denver Broncos, right? They have a lot of issues and things that they have to work on. But in 1966, the New York Giants gave up 72 points against the Washington Redskins, commonly known as the Commanders right now. And that, was the mo- and that is the most points in the history of the NFL at this moment right now. 72 points. So the Denver Broncos are right behind them, and they got to wear that on their jacket that they're the second team that gave the most points in the NFL history. So they got to wear that jacket. That's on them for life. The new coach, Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, that's on y'all. So y'all got to live with that. Now, Monday morning comes, and you got team meetings, you got position coach meetings, you got all these meetings, and it's going to be a lot of tension in the facilities. The coach is going to be hot. The owner going to be upset. The GM going to be upset. And it's going to be a trickle-down effect. But what's important is I think the coaches can't go in there just blaming everything on the players. The coaches got to come into the facilities and put the blame on themselves also as along with the players to show accountability, to show that I'm in this thing with you and we're going to figure this out together and we're in this together to the end. And that's how you... That's how you deal with adversity in the NFL. You show that you're down with this together and we're going to fight together. And that's how you build a bond and, and become successful. So that's what we're hoping to see, because after giving up 70 points, it can 
It can do a lot to your morale. It can have you down and out. But, you know, everyone is to blame for that from the GM, the owner, the cooks. You know, that's how it is when you lose. Everybody's the security. Everybody has to do their job right. And that's the, the attitude you have to take moving forward. Because if you don't take that attitude, you will get the same results time at the time. And, and, and that, I'm telling you, in the NFL is not fun at all. Being on a losing team, losing miserably, when people setting records against us or against your team is one of the most awful feelings you can possibly have. But let me read off some stats for you because this thing was crazy, right? Tua, he had over 300 yards passing. Tyreek Hill had over 150 yards receiving. Devon, the running back, 18 carries for 203 yards with two touchdowns. He basically had over 300 yards rushing between three running backs. And now with me doing my research before I come before you and, 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 and recording this film, as I'm doing my research currently, the Denver Broncos officially gave up the most yards by a defense in a single game with 726 yards. The New York Yanks pre previously gave up the most yards in 1951 in a single game with 722 yards. The Denver Broncos defense had a chance to give up the most points in a single game and gave up the most yards in a single game. Man, let that sink in. That when you when you get back in the facilities Monday, they have a lot to talk about. They have a lot to think about. Changes gonna be made. People probably gonna not be there no more. Uh, coaches might get fired, but that's how it goes in the NFL, especially when you come off an embarrassing game like that. Changes has to be made. But man, the Miami Dolphins is an explosive team. They're fast. They're quick. They're very explosive. So I mean, if anybody's gonna score seventy points. It's going to be Miami Dolphins. I don't think this is going to be the last time that they score 70 plus points anyway. So you heard it from here. Say what needs to be said first. And I'm um, going to move right on. After signing a five-year, $80 million contract, play for the Los Angeles Chargers, J.C. Jackson is a healthy scratch. He is inactive against the Minnesota Vikings. And what is that all about? Now, with this being only his second year playing with the Los Angeles Chargers, this caught everybody by surprise being inactive. And what, you know, what you went through last year, we're ready to see J.C. Jackson and what he can do this year. Let me tell you a little bit about J.C. Jackson. Jackson made a name for himself after being signed to the New England Patriots in 2018 as an undrafted free agent, right? He instantly made an impact to the New England organization from 2018 all the way till he left in 2022. In 2018, he had three interceptions. 2019, he had five interceptions. 2020. He had nine. 2021, he had eight. That's a lot of productivity from one individual, especially a cornerback, making a lot of turnover. In 2022, Jackson was signed to a huge $80 million contract to play for the Los Angeles Chargers. Everybody was excited and ready for the playmaker to get to Los Angeles to make those plays that he was doing in New England. Now, we, as we all know, the first season started off rocky and eventually ended up on the injury reserve, J.C. Jackson. Started off rocky. He only played five games, and then he ended up on the injured reserve list, you know, sitting him down for the rest of the season. So we didn't get ready to see him play. He had a ruptured patella tendon, you know, an injury that requires a lot of re rehab, extensive rehab, and serious rehab. But now we fast forward to 2023. You go through your rehab. Everything goes well. 
You come back stronger, faster. You're feeling good. You're feeling healthy and ready to go. So when you come back, we're ready to see. Now, and once again, the 2023 season starts off rocky. First game, give up a couple plays. You look, you look kind of lost, like, you know, he's trying to understand the scheme or, or you know, or, or fit in with everybody and communicate with everybody. But it just kind of seems like it's off and lost a little bit, maybe not knowing how to focus or, you know, the contract, the money may be a distraction, but something seems a little off, right? With J.C. Jackson and his play, because I know a good player or a talented player when I see one, and J.C. Jackson is a good player and a playmaker like he has proven. Now, week three comes, which is the week against the Minnesota Vikings, and guess what? He's a healthy scratch, inactive for the game, meaning you're healthy enough to play, but we're going to put you down and you're not going to dress out. So you're not going to even have the opportunity to even get in the game. That's what's going on. See, a lot of times these coaches, when they're on the hot seat or their job security is not so tight, they like to point the finger or what I call a scapegoat, what they call a scapegoat. Find them a scapegoat. And, you know, why not J.C. Jackson be perfect for that situation? I'm not saying that's what it is, but the newly signed cornerback on the defense and the defense is doing good. Yeah, let me let me make him the scapegoat and see if this can prolong my job. Or maybe the coach just feels like, you know, I'm not seeing what I need to see from you. I don't feel you're interested in making my team better. So I need maybe need to sit you down to think about it and, and see if you come back better and more focused. So it could be a lot of situations going on. But we got to wait and see how this pans out, right? And here's my issue that I don't like, right? A lot of people are saying don't sign cornerbacks that come from New England because cornerbacks from New England are system cornerbacks. I just read off the stats and showed you the interception and the plays that J.C. Jackson made. And that don't sit well with me because, you know, I played for New England. I went through that and they tried to call me a system cornerback. And I had to prove them wrong. And I went out there and proved them wrong. Like I said, I'll never forget uh, 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 Rod Woodson went on national television and was like, I'm going to be a bust because I'm a system cornerback. And I'll never forget. But, I, you know, that's why I get, keep those chips, that chip on my shoulder because of situations like that. I had to go out there and I proved him wrong and proved him that I'm not a system cornerback. I can go play anywhere I'm put in any defense at any time. And, 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 and at the same time, there's no doubt in my mind that Coach Belichick feels the same way. He feels you play in his system, on his defense, on his team, you're successful because of him. You're successful because of his team. That's how he feel. I'm telling you. I had plenty of conversations with Coach, and I know exactly how he feels. So he definitely feels that way about J.C. Jackson. Now, it'd be hard for you to be successful somewhere else. That's what he feels. So that's the game he plays, and that's the mindset he has. But listen to this. Listen to what Coach Belichick had to say about J.C. Jackson. I think this was uh, going into his free agent year or something like that. This is when Belichick starts his, his thing, and you know, you'll figure it out. But he said, this is Belichick, quote, you leave any trash around, he's going to pick it up, basically talking about J.C. Jackson. Everybody received that well. as That was a compliment Coach Belichick was giving uh, Jackson. Not me. I didn't go for it. I, I had no inclination that that was a compliment. I took that as he is discrediting J.C. Jackson and 
his play and his career and basically to give the credit to himself, his team and 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 his system. That's that's what I got from his quote. And that's what he meant. J.C. Jackson is a system player and he can't do it without me. And I'm going to spread this word around and all the NFL teams are going to understand that. Belichick is definitely egotistical like that. He has a big ego. He might not act like it and and, and you might not see, be able to read through the lines, but he definitely has an ego, right? But let's play devil's advocate, right? But on the other hand, if J.C. Jackson somehow becomes available at a hefty discount, mark my words, I'm guaranteeing you that J.C. Jackson would be a New England Patriot again someday, somehow, somehow, right? Because that's the type of players Coach Belichick like. He likes he likes veteran players that he can get at a discount and because he know what they can do and he know they're going to hold it down for the team. And he know that veterans usually play better than younger players because, you know, they understand the game. So, you know, that's all I got to say about J.C. Jackson and the situation. But, I, I you know, I just found it, you know, kind of strange that in the third game, you know, he's a healthy scratch. Man, you know, with, with that being said, let's continue. We're talking about the Chargers. And, you know, Coach Brandon Staley made a, a very questionable call in the fourth quarter with a minute and 51 seconds left. He went for it on fourth down, uh, fourth and one. The ball was like on a 27-yard line. And he decided to go for it in fourth and one. A very risky, gutsy call. And guess what? They didn't get it. But that's the type of things you do when you're on the hot seat and your job is on the line. They didn't get it. And now all the team, they in field goal ring, but they, they, they're down four points, I think. And they got to score a touchdown. But guess what? His defense stepped up for him, and they didn't score the touchdown. So, you know, you know, I just it was a questionable call. Everybody, you know, is, is looking at him crazy. But he said he'll do it again. He have no regrets about that call, and he will do it all over again. So, you know, shout out to Brandon Staley and having the guts to – to getting his first win of the season. Now, we got Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. The rumors are real. The rumors are true. Taylor Swift was at Arrowhead Stadium to watch her man Travis Kelsey play football. Now, is this a real relationship? We don't know. They're seeing each other. Are they dating? We don't know. All we know is it true that they are involved some type of way in some type of capacity. But I want to talk to y'all about Travis Kelsey and his previous relationship because it was some more rumors about that, and that was funny. And I want to put this to the game together and see what type of answers I get. In Travis Kelsey's pre- previous relationship, he was dating a black young lady named Kayla Nicole. And it was rumored that they broke up because Travis Kelsey made her play half the bills and would give her a hundred dollar allowance. Now, Travis Kelsey, obviously, he refuted those things and said, "Don't read into that. It is BS on the Pivot podcast." But you know, it was pretty funny. It was pretty fr- funny rumors just to come out to you know saying how cheap he was. But anyway, I got. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. This is the thing. I'm wondering. I'm wondering how would Travis Kelsey handle the bills. If him and Taylor Swift got that serious and they was, you know, living together or 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 in a serious dating capacity, how would they handle the bills? Because here's the situation. Here's the deal. Taylor Swift is reportedly worth seven hundred and forty million, while Travis Kelsey is reported worth thirty million dollars. That is a big, big difference. The big gap in pay. So now. 
just because I'm the man and the rules say the man is supposed to pay the bills, should he pay most of the bills, the majority of the bills? Do they split the bills or does Taylor Swift become the breadwinner and pay the bills? What do y'all think about that? Like I say, it's a lot of money. It's a, it's a big difference. But I want to tell y'all how they met because it was it was a uh, it was a little funny and it was weird. Right. It's was, it was funny. So Travis Kelsey wants to go to Taylor Swift concert. Taylor Swift has a concert at Arrowhead Stadium where Travis Kelsey plays professional football for the Kansas City Chiefs. So he wants to go to this concert and see Taylor Swift perform. So he says he's going to go. He's going to meet her afterwards and whatnot. So he goes, he watches her and then he's waiting afterwards to to see her, have a meet and greet or some type of, of communication with her. So he's waiting around, he's waiting around, and he finds out Taylor Swift doesn't really do a meet and greet or see people after her concert because she can't talk for 33 hours. She got to save her voice and her vocals to get ready to do the next performance, which is a 77-song performance. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty funny and pretty weird that she can't talk after her performance and and he wasn't able to meet her right then and he had to leave a card or his number or something like that and ask Taylor Swift to hit him up and get in touch with him so they can date. And I guess she did. What a surprise, right? So, like I said, the rumors are true. Taylor Swift was there, is there, however you want to put it, to see her boo or whatever y'all want to call it, Travis Kelsey play. And, um, you know, he did his thing. So I know she was happy. And I know that uh, life goes on. Life is pretty good for them. So that's today's episode. Got a few things out there. You know, a lot going on. So say what needs to be said. Now, why is everybody so emotionally invested in this Coach Prime football team, the season, and just what Coach Prime got going on? Why is everybody so emotionally invested? Now, we all want Coach Prime to do great. And we love what he's doing for the culture. But for everybody to be fighting and carrying on and arguing and losing friends and all type of stuff is, is just foolish. Now it's just foolish. Everybody's so emotionally caught up and we got to just relax, right? We want them to do good, but we're not ready to crash out, but it seems like everybody is ready to crash out about coach prime. And yeah, I know that's a good feeling, but everybody, like I said, got to relax. Now coach prime has lost his first game and everybody panties are in a bunch. They don't know what to do. And criticism is a part of life. And especially if you coach, you're going to always get criticized and people are going to be coming for you because that's what happens when you're a coach. That's what they're supposed to do. If you're a coach, a person of status, a celebrity, or you hold a high position, you know, you are always subject for criticism and people hating on you. That's just how life goes. You, if you have a big platform, people are going to feel like they can hold you accountable and hate on you and criticize you. That's just the society we live in nowadays. All right. That's just the way it's going to go. Now, Coach Prime and his football team has dropped out of the top 25 college football rankings. You will hear people hating from every angle, black, white, Asian, Spanish, Jamaican, Haitian. Everybody is going to be hating because he done so well and made it to the top 25. You know, it put a target on his back. So now everybody can't wait to to come for his throat. 
And, you know, that's just the way it is. And he has to deal with it. And I'm sure he embraces that and he knows exactly how to handle it. He's Coach Prime is Coach Prime. That's Deion Sanders. So he knows what he's doing, right? If they never make it back to the top 25, Coach Prime has already been successful. They, if they don't even make it back into the top 25, he has done something historically well that Colorado isn't used to, making it in the top 25 college football rankings. That is a big achievement for Coach Prime and the football team, right? All right? And he already stated that he is seven or eight dogs away, right? He didn't say away from what, but you got to read between the lines. Seven, eight dogs away from becoming a championship team or competing for a championship, making it to the playoff, running the Pac-12, seven or eight dogs away, right? So we definitely have to give him some time to grow this program and show what he can do. Now, just because you lost one game or... Coach Prime losing one game, got to relax, right? It's, we already kind of knew this was going to be a tough game, but he was doing so good, we was just hoping that he can continue that momentum. But, you know, time came and he lost, which everybody lose. That's a part of football. But this is called dealing with adversity. And this is Coach Prime's chance to show the world how good of a coach that he is going to be, right? Not that he has to win every game or win the next game or, or have uh, this certain amount of wins and losses on the record. He just got to continue to grow the program, continue to show that he can make this program better each year, each day, each season, and continue to bring recruits in there, and he's going to continue to be successful. Now, with the schedule they have, it's not the easiest schedule. It's definitely an uphill battle for Coach Prime and the Colorado Bucks. Up next, they got number five, USC. And then after that, they got Arizona, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State. So they definitely have a challenge ahead of them. A lot of these teams are in the top 25 ranking. So but don't hold, don't be expecting so much from Coach Prime. Like I said, just support him and uh, you know, we want to see things continue to get better as Coach Prime is doing. Now, the weakness on the team has been exposed, as we've seen, and I'm sure everybody knows. And I know that's what the seven to eight dogs are about, that front four, that front seven, them dogs, the offensive line, the defensive line, that what controls the game. And we've seen that was the weakness. Shador Sanders didn't really have much time. The defense gives up a lot of points. You can run the ball on them at will. So I'm sure them seven, eight dogs going to be right up front, right? And I don't doubt it. And if he get these dogs what he need, it's going to be a big difference. A big difference. That's when he's going to show what he can do, really do as a coach. And I think Shador Sanders, even though he is doing great right now, that will take him to another level and be able to compete with the top five, you know, the, the top five ranked schools in, the, in, in football. He'll be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe because he has the weapons around him. But the future is bright and the schedule is tough. 
The Pac-12 is a tough conference, and I know it's hard to land recruits as it was in the past. But and that's will stop them from being a winning team. In the Pac-12, like I say, playing all these teams, if you can't bring recruits to Colorado, how are you going to win? That's why they was 1-11 and always had a losing record. But half the job is done already for Coach Prime because he's already shown that he can bring big-time recruits to Colorado. And he's going to continue to do that. So the, the program's going to continue to grow and He's going to continue to be blessed, and they are going to continue to do good. Now, how good? Now, that determines the team and Coach Prime. So, like I said, let's give it some time and give it a chance to manifest, and let's see what comes out of this Coach Prime and Buffalo situation. We know he has an upfield battle ahead of him against this Pac-12 schedule. So, like I said, don't have the expectations too high for Coach Prime, even though he came out smoking, you know, making a name for Colorado, doing excellent numbers through the roof. So, like I said, just don't have the expectations too high, and he will continue to do good, give him some years, and Coach Prime will be in the top 10 in a couple of years. So, Say what needs to be said. On to the next one, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.